Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Taught Artist Podcast. We are back with part three of the Artistic Comeback Series. In our previous two segments, we have explored the significance of reflecting on your why, what's your why, why you create art, and rediscovering our artistic purpose and reigniting our creative spark. That was two awesome episodes. So they set the foundation for today's episode. As a result, I do recommend if you haven't listened to part one and part two of the Artistic Comeback series, go scroll back on your podcast app and you'll see them from the last two weeks. Today's episode will build on top of that. Today, we are diving into a important aspect of returning to art after a long break, and that is managing expectations and managing your own mind. Sometimes this is the hardest part. I am excited to guide you through this topic today, and I have a bunch of different strategies to share with you. Not everything is gonna work for everybody, and that's okay. But I hope to offer you a buffet of options, and you can go through and choose which ones work for you. The truth of the matter is that returning to art after a hiatus, after a long break, can present challenges and frustrations. I am feeling them right now myself. I think it's very important to acknowledge these obstacles and equip ourselves with strategies to recognize them when they pop up and most important to navigate them. By setting realistic expectations, embracing the process and overcoming perfectionism and self-doubt, we can all embark on our artistic comebacks with confidence. So let's dive in. Today is all about managing expectations and managing our mind. When we return to art after a long break, whether it's been months, days, or years, it is so natural to feel a mix of pressure and excitement and frustration and questioning ourselves. We might fall back into old patterns of compare and despair, whether that's comparing ourselves to where we left off before our break or feeling frustrated with any perceived loss of skill or loss of direction or loss of clarity even. These challenges can be disheartening when they pop up, but I assure you they are all part of the artistic journey and it's important to acknowledge them and address them. Your feelings are incredibly valid and you're gonna be feeling a lot of different things all at the same time when you make art. One key aspect of managing expectations is setting realistic goals. 
Instead of fixating solely on the end result, we need to embrace the entire process of creating. So let's discuss a few strategies to help you navigate this process. Number one, start with small achievable goals. You want to set yourself up for success. So my first piece of advice here with this strategy is begin by setting small, extremely attainable goals for yourself. Break down your creative projects into very manageable tasks and small chunks. By doing so, you will get a little sense of accomplishment with every step along the way. This goes a long way to building momentum and building up your confidence. So it can be really tempting when you jump back in to use all of that energy you have towards something big, but you don't want to risk any disappointment there and like face more challenges other than just getting started again, in my opinion. And I actually felt this when I have been diving back into my creative practice over the last few weeks, I have actually felt a pull to paint really big. I have this empty, I don't know, it's probably a three foot by four foot canvas. And I am just dying to hang this thing over my couch. It's blank right now, but I'm just, I just can't wait until I hang it over my couch. I have really, really wanted to paint that canvas and I've had to hold myself back because right now is not about bite, like biting off the biggest, most meatiest piece of a project that I can. Like that is a monster canvas. It's going to take a lot of time and planning and patience. And that is great, but it's not for right now, right now. What I'm doing instead is I'm painting small. I am painting five by sevens, four by sixes, seven by elevens, and that is it. I have a pad of paper out. Um, I love my Canson XL mixed media pads or what, no, the watercolor paper pads. Um, but it, it's a spiral bound book of heavy, thick watercolor paper that I can paint with watercolors on, or I can paint acrylics on. And this is cheap paper. It doesn't cost very much and it lowers the bar for myself. But right now I am starting with small achievable chunks. So for me, that looks like just doing 15 minutes of art a day, something like that, just sitting down and doing something that is better and building that over time to get more practice coming back to my art, more practice stretching those creative muscles, as opposed to biting off some giant project that I might fail on that may actually end up setting me back way more. So you have to keep the end in mind here. The goal is to come back and create a sustainable and fulfilling artistic practice. So for me, that means start small, start achievable, create little tiny chunks that over time are going to add up to big goals and big skill development. All right. Strategy number two, embrace the learning curve. 
Returning to art after a break may involve having to navigate a learning curve. This is an opportunity for growth. Embrace that rather than treating it like a setback. Recognize that it is natural to feel a bit rusty initially and allow yourself the time and the space to experiment, to make mistakes, to just play with your materials and your paints and mix colors and remind yourself of color theory and do all of that foundational stuff all over again if you want to and learn. That's the most important is that you are learning from all of these little experiments you run. The journey of improvement is just as valuable as the destination. So embrace the learning curve, embrace the little road bumps along the way, especially if you have had a long break from art, then you're probably going to feel the learning curve even more. So be kind to yourself, know that this is part of the process and like we talked about in the first installment of the artistic comeback series, sometimes taking a break will help you come back with a fresh perspective, a fresh technique, a fresh way of looking at the world or fresh inspiration. And that actually could be the fuel to honing your artistic voice, your artistic style. This could be a good thing. So flip it on its head, reframe it. How can this learning curve be an opportunity for you? How can this be the best thing that ever happened to you? Think about that for a little bit. This may be exactly what you need to really dial in your artistic style and your artistic vision. Strategy number three, focus on the process and enjoy the journey. Shift your focus as much as you can from solely fixating on the end result, you know, that finished painting hanging on the wall, shift it back and appreciate the process of creating. Embrace the joy of exploring these new techniques, experimenting with different mediums or experimenting with household objects and discovering your artistic voice. Allow yourself to find delight in each brushstroke, each word written or each photograph captured, whatever your artistic medium is. Just try and enjoy that journey. And remember that the benefits of art are so many. It helps you relax. It helps you to focus. It helps you to be creative and open up your mind and expand possibilities and think in new ways and cross pollinate different sources of, of inspiration from different areas of your life or just express yourself emotionally. Those are all amazing reasons to make art and they don't have very much to do with the end result. They're all about the journey. They're all about the process. So focus on the process. In addition to managing expectations around the creative process, we need to address two common challenges, perfectionism and self-doubt. These two things can significantly hinder our artistic comebacks. Let's explore some strategies to overcome these. 
And actually, I know that I've spoken extensively about perfectionism and my fight against it in some previous episodes of this podcast. Perfectionism is something that is very real to me. It is very much a state that I try to avoid. I try to loosen up and I, I would definitely recommend you go back and listen to some episodes I have. One in particular is about how to loosen up your painting. And I think that will have some good things for you. There's so much back in the previous 54 episodes of this podcast. So if you are new to the podcast, this is a little plug to go explore the back catalog. But let's get back to exploring some strategies to overcome perfectionism and self-doubt. This is strategy number four, embrace imperfections and embrace experimentation. Instead of striving for unattainable perfection, embrace the beauty of imperfections. Understand that art is subjective and that your unique voice lies in embracing your personal style and quirks. Give yourself permission to experiment, take risks, and push beyond your comfort zone. So for this strategy, I want you to go look at other artists' work, artists that you admire, and I am going to bet that their work is not perfect. Actually, I know it's not perfect because if it was perfect, it would be a photograph. It wouldn't be a painting. It wouldn't be a drawing. I want you to go look at how you actually might be attracted to imperfection. I know that sounds crazy, but a lot of times I find myself attracted to imperfection because it's the imperfections that make something special. Despite the fact that I'm always striving per for perfection, it's, it's hypocritical. But it's one of those things. Let me tell you a story. So a few years ago, I was lucky enough to get to go on a trip to Morocco. And Morocco has incredible artisans. And I was just so excited. I was like a kid in a candy shop wandering around the Medinas of Fez and some of the other towns we went to. Going through these markets, I just saw the most incredible artists doing their thing. Now, these weren't necessarily artists in the way of traditional painting or drawing. They were creating textiles. They were creating tiles. And I remember actually stopping by a tile stall in the market. And the reason why was all week I had been noticing the beautiful architecture that's very typical in Morocco. And all over you see this amazing, incredible tile work. If you haven't seen it, go Google like Moroccan tile and you will see the most incredible tile designs you've ever seen. And all week I'd been just drawn to it in a way that I've never been drawn to tile here in the United States. And I figured it out when I was watching the tile artisan create this tile, what was so special about this tile and why I was so attracted to it. And it was the fact that it was all handmade. 
So every tile was unlike every other tile, like everyone was unique. And there's so much beauty in being perfectly imperfect. They were all hand glazed, hand colored, and then hand cut. So they got pretty close to perfect squares, but they weren't perfect. And there were, you know, just variations in the glaze that are natural. That's part of art is that there are imperfections and variations. And you know what? That's what made this tile so unbelievably beautiful was the perfectly imperfect nature of it. And ever since then, that has been something that stuck in my mind as an example of being perfectly imperfect and how that is something to strive for. The imperfection is actually what makes something beautiful because it's a sign to our eye that it is unique. So many things in our modern world are made by machine. And that's great, but that doesn't have the human touch. The human touch is imperfect. So go Google Moroccan tile, look at it and see if you can see what I'm talking about, where this is just the most attractive tile I've ever seen. And I never would have considered myself a tile person before, but now whew, I know good tile. One day it's my dream to have Moroccan tile in my house because oh, I just love it so much. But the, the purpose and the reason I'm telling you this story today is to embrace imperfection and know that actually that's what makes art special. Because if it was perfect, it would be made by a machine and that's not art. All right, strategy number five surround yourself with support and encouragement kudos to everyone listening to this podcast because i am here to support you and encourage you so you at least have me in your ear right now supporting you but i also would encourage you to seek out a supportive community or network of fellow artists who can offer guidance feedback and encouragement when you face bumps along the way. Sharing your journey with like-minded individuals who understand the challenges you face and can provide the motivation and support you need can be so powerful. I'd encourage you to look locally and see if there's an artist guild or an arts coalition, perhaps a local art store can point you to it. And sometimes there are these community groups, maybe that even offer classes and exhibitions, things like that. So look for local art societies, Google around, see what you have. Maybe there's a plain air group. Just try and find a group of like-minded artists that you can connect with. And if you can't find them in person, go online. There's plenty of other artists that you can find on Instagram and Facebook and ways that you can plug in with a broader artistic community. Strategy number six, practice self-compassion and celebrate progress. Be kind to yourself throughout your artistic comeback. And don't forget to celebrate your progress, no matter how small. 
Small wins are big wins when you are on an artistic comeback journey. Recognize that setbacks are normal and that every step forward is a step closer to reclaiming your creative practice and reclaiming your creative joy. Cultivate self-compassion and remember that your journey is unique and your feelings are valid. Art should be fun, so be nice to yourself along the way. When we're kids, we don't have this pressure on ourselves to be perfect. We were never thinking, oh man, every piece of art I make, it has to go in a museum. No, we were just being kids. We were having fun. Try and get back to the inner child, to that joyful place where you can just make art and play just for the sake of making art and playing. That's it. No other reason just to have fun. So practice self-compassion and celebrate all of your small wins along the way. By managing expectations, setting realistic goals, embracing the creative process, and overcoming perfectionism and self-doubt, you will pave the way for a more fulfilling and enjoyable artistic comeback. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Self-Taught Artist Podcast. I have loved exploring the importance of reflecting on our motivations as self-taught artists and rediscovering our artistic purpose after a long break. That is what the artistic comeback is all about. I hope you've gained valuable insights and tools to rekindle your focus on your art. Remember, your artistic journey is a deeply personal journey and reconnecting with your initial vision and purpose can fuel your creativity and drive. So just embrace the unique expression that only you can bring to the world. Looking forward, in our next episode, we will tackle the challenges and frustrations that may arise when returning to art after a long break. We'll discuss managing expectations, overcoming perfectionism and self-doubt, yeah, we're going to talk about that again because it it's something I'm always working on. So I assume it pops its head up for some of you too, time after time. And we're also going to talk about strategies for navigating through the ups and downs of the creative process. Until then, take time, as we talked about last week, to re reflect on your artistic why and let it guide you as you embark on your artistic comeback. Believe in yourself and believe in the power of your creative spirit. Until next time, my friends, happy creating. Mm -hmm.